Welcome back to another edition of the Department of Conversation. The Department of Conversation brought to you by Stratus, the most affordable alternative to smoking. Stratus is a reliable, hassle-free, compact pod kit, a vaping system, if you will. The Stratus starter kit is under $25, and then you get three pods in the starter kit. Each pod lasts most users several days, so for 25 bucks, you basically get, let's say, two to four weeks worth of replacements for cigarettes for the cost of one packet of cigarettes. And then the refill pods are less than 20 bucks for four. So, you know, sometimes you buy like a razor and you pay like 15 bucks for the razor, and then you've got to buy the refills and they're like 30 bucks each, and that's where they make their money. Well, not Stratus. Stratus um, refill pods are less than $20 for four of them. And if one of them lasts several days, that could be a month's worth of uh, replacement to smoking. The reason we've got behind Stratus and we want to push them and support them is it is a way to help people stop smoking. In the pods, there's a little bit of nicotine and most people will think, oh, nicotine, that's not the best. But the reason for the nicotine is actually to help stave off the cravings that people have for cigarettes. So it helps them get off the cigarettes. It gives them the distance from the cigarettes to ultimately stop smoking altogether. If you want to find out more about Stratus, I know I always say if you kiss a smoker, you definitely should, then head to Vaporium.nz. Right, I don't need to go too much into the uh, guest that I've got guests, plural, we've got on today because I do a bit of a, not a deep dive, but a dive in the first kind of five minutes of the podcast talking about where I came across them and how I came across them. But nonetheless, if you know me from this podcast, you know me from previous iterations of podcasts like the uh, Slightly Correct Political Show that I did with Jeremy Elwood, uh, or if you know, know me from my kind of News Talk ZB, Talk Back Days, Talk Radio Days on other stations as well, then you'll know uh, politics and religion are two of my favouritest, favouritest, favouritest things to talk about. And I came across Haley and Camille, Camille and Haley, a few weeks ago, who seem to be, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say the epicentre, where all roads cross, they all intersect at Haley and Camille for my favourite things, religion, politics, American politics in particular, um, and so I just wanted to have a chat to them, really and honestly, and and hopefully you'll accept what I'm saying and and take this as truth. Some people may question it, but I really honestly wanted to understand how a sector of society can support Trump. That's really the genesis of this conversation. You know, you are a part of this community, and for them it's, I guess, Christian community is a, is a big part of it. These things, in my opinion, and I'll say opinion because I'm not the export uh, export expert either, um, don't line up if you profess to have these kinds of beliefs to then support this person. And I think that's actually a question, if we're being honest, that a lot of people are asking, maybe not necessarily the religious aspect, but certainly the aspect of how do these people support this person? Um, I didn't look for this to be a debate. I didn't want to get into a scrap um, obviously, for those of you who listen to this regularly, I'll, you'll, you'll know where I sit politically speaking. Um, so I didn't come in with a, a series of notes and ideas and you know point and counterpoint. I just wanted to hear these two. I, I guess they're they're probably millennials, and and get to understand why they believed what they believed. I don't have to agree with you, but I always think it's a better outcome even if I don't agree with you, if I can understand how you have got to your conclusion. And that's really the the, 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 
the starting point for this conversation. Um, I enjoyed it. I probably could have talked for another two hours knowing me to these guys. Um, but as you'll hear, I had to get to the airport. So that's basically probably the saving grace of this that truncated it to about an hour and 15 rather than a potential three-hour podcast. So um, thank you again to Haley and Camille for coming on board and agreeing to talk to some weird stranger from the other side of the world. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into it. We are live with Camille and Haley. Hello, guys. How are you? How hey, are you? So good. I'm Camille, by the way. And this and is Haley. Haley. I'm always on the, what is it? The left. I don't well, know. I'm looking at it, I'm on the right. But yeah, Look, this yeah. is how we always sit. You're on the right. You're on the right for me here at the moment. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm on the right, yes. Oh. That's right. That's right. I get so confused with cameras, though. Oh, this is, I'm because of the COVID lockdown, I moved my studio home. And in between building a new studio and having my studio in town, I was just doing it out of my bedroom. And I could never uh-huh. figure it out because where I was sitting, I'd use my right hand and point over my left shoulder to my, my wardrobe. Yet uh-huh. in the video, it was my left hand over my left shoulder. And I, I could never quite get how the cameras spin around. And yeah, it's a, it's a very bizarre thing. And I'm just turning off my all my stuff. Turning my These days you have to turn your watches off as well as your phones. And uh, I think we're there. Hi, guys. Uh, Well, it really varies because we video and audio podcast and we take Uh out clips and have little five minute clips on the Internet. We can reach 10 to 15,000 people per episode across all those mediums. Um, Yeah, it it does depend, though. I mean, I get a uh, I get a very interesting person on. It'll get 20 or 30,000. You know, I get something that doesn't maybe land. Not not that there's a problem with a podcast, but maybe for for whatever reason doesn't quite interest so many people. It can be a a few thousand. So say say five to 30,000, depending on. Right. On, sure. on, on what's going on. I'm wondering how nervous we should be, you know. <laughs> you should be not nervous at all. I'm a I'm a lovely, lovely and welcoming, engaging person. Um, I've been told that Wonderful. New Zealanders are like Canadians, only politer. That can be possible. All so. right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, l- let me introduce you as I know you to the audience. Because um, often on this podcast, we have people that people already recognize. They know their names, they know their stories. But I, as my audience knows, I um, intravenously inject political news from around the world. It's my favorite thing in the world. And I had your video come up in my stream. I don't know how. I don't know how the algorithm found me. Um, but just randomly <laughs> at the bottom of the world... Your video came up in my stream and I was instantly fascinated about these people and who they are and what they're about. I'm going to just play a little few seconds of it. And obviously, you'll give me permission for that. There'll be no copyright strikes or anything, I'm assuming. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a little a little bit. Actually, we should go full screen, shouldn't we? Let's go full screen. This is a little bit of the video that came across my um, television a couple of weeks ago. Keep America great. Keep America great. Gotta stick to our guns. Keep the freedom we won. Keep America great. There will never be another USA. Freedom won't come back if we give it away. It's time to vote. It's time to pray. Let's join as one. Let me hear you say, vote Trump. 2020. Go Trump. And, um, 
yeah, uh, as I say, these these YouTube algorithms are a fascinating thing. I have to say, incredibly catchy tune. I have it has been going around in my head for the last week. Um, <laughs> so it's been it's been interesting, and there's several reasons why I really wanted to connect with you guys. One is because of the political angle. You know, obviously Trump is very big news at the moment. Second is I do have a um, you know a church and a religious background. I've done a lot of work in that area, and you guys obviously have that as well because there's the you know it's time to pray and the the picture in there of praying for Trump. And I've I've had a look on your social medias and stuff. You seem to be doing a lot of, um, should we say Christian related content? Would that be a fair way to say it? Oh yeah, definitely yeah. Especially you know um, that's the biggest thing. Them. Before Trump, we were always you know Christians first. So we do a lot of country music. Uh, we've done actually mostly non Christian music, I would say, um, but we just do clean and moral music. But um, as our audience has grown and as we fast, we started fasting and praying every Thursday for our country and for our lives and our futures and everything in January, um, in January of this year. And um, we've just been getting more intense about sharing, sharing our faith. Mm. You know, I've always shared it personally and I share it online sometimes as well and in person. But I'm just like, I really want to get the gospel out to as many people as possible because it's so important. So, so, so yeah. one of the things you, you mentioned it about, you've always done this. I had a look in your Twitter feed. And and I, it's not too stalky, but I jumped back five, six years, had a look at 2014, 2015, and the political thing is, seems very new. There doesn't seem to be pre-Trump, there doesn't seem to be any sort of political conversation you guys were having. What changed? What, all of a sudden, you look at your Twitter feed now and it's kind of all Trump. So what changed uh-huh. in that sort of Obama years, I guess, previously? You guys are young, so I don't know if the, if the Bush years apply to you as sort of a voting person, but certainly the Obama years versus the Trump years, where now it seems that heaps of your online content is politically focused, whereas in the previous administration, none of it was. Well, tell them about all of our history. Here. Well, uh, <laughs> something you don't know about is that eight years ago, in 2012, we actually wrote a song for um, Rick Santorum. Yep, so I saw that. Right. Okay, so that. So, okay, so that's that on another that. channel um, called First Love Band, and we changed our name, and we left the channel behind. We should have probably just merged it. Right. Um, but, yeah, we just, oh, wow. we're basically, we like writing songs about causes. Um, some other causes we've written about are sex trafficking. Actually, um, we have about one about world hunger, one for the Salvation Army, and I think probably- people that we believe in. Uh, when yeah. we really believe in a candidate, um, we want to write a song about them, you know. Mm. And uh, but we don't want everything we do to be political either. So first of all, we wrote a yeah. song for Rick Santorum, and then we got a management team, and they're like, "This is going to ruin your life," or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were actually and invited to the RNC, and in we 2012, did it. We yeah, Republican real. National Convention. Um, um, and so anyhow, we didn't end up going to that, but we should have, we, it would have been awesome. Well done, but we got invited again this year and we are going. We're going. You're going to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to get us on the floor. So one of, Trump's, out. one of Trump's biggest donors, um, is what they've kind of is, uh, flying us out and getting us a hotel and trying to get us on the floor. And so, um, that's pretty cool. But, um, yeah, so we don't, we don't, uh, we haven't actually used Twitter a ton, a ton. Um, we've done more Facebook and uh, YouTube, but we've also kind of just chilled out in our music for the last few years. Yeah. Kind of like, what's our direction? We want our music to matter. We want to do something that counts, you know, right. and not just entertain because I'm a lot of a teacher. I really want to change the world. Uh, I want Christians to, I really, I care a lot about the church, building the church mm-hmm. uh, financially and not being strapped for no good reason. You're know, like in an American country that you have, <laughs> you, you have the ability to rise right. if you work hard and you save and you don't spend right. on crazy stuff, you know? And, um, 
because I just want to help people with their health and their and their finances and their relationship with God. And I'm just like, and then there's music and how do I put that all together? And then there's politics. I want people to vote and understand, like educate themselves as well as understand how important it is. And like so many countries around the world don't have the right to vote, you know, or they don't have a right to put the political people in power that they would that would represent them. And so right. I just feel strongly about that. But then, yeah, so 2012 we did that. And then we kind of chilled. Obama was in um, for eight years. And then after that, Trump came around and we liked Cruz, we liked Ben Carson, but then Trump uh, took the nomination and we looked into him and thought he was awesome. And so we liked him, but we didn't write a song at the time. And, you know, we, I, I think we weren't thinking we were going to get back into politics. We're just like, we're just going to do regular music, you know, yeah, yeah, whether it's right. Christian music or country. But then as we've been studying a lot lately, we're like, this is I actually wrote this song a year ago. And we didn't release it. And we were trying to figure out what's the right time to release it. And then he came to our hometown of Tulsa. And we're like, wow, it's the first rally. We're going to put yeah, it Yeah, like a week before, we're like, he's coming here. We got to do the song. We got to get in the studio. And, you know, so it came together really fast. Just like Game On did, really. It was, yeah. Like, but I think we were trying to probably separate ourselves from politics. And to yeah, because you do something twice and it becomes your brand. And yeah, so sure. Well, it was, I, I would assume, I would assume, and you've just, I'm, I'm, sub, I'm interested as to the RNC because there are many people who uh, don't think the national conference will happen this year because of COVID, and there are many Republican politicians who are voicing that they probably won't turn up. So I suspect the RNC, and this is just a, my thoughts, I suspect that the RNC won't happen this year because if the oh. if if the Republican politicians don't turn up, then. Uh -huh. um, it will be a, a it would be a bad look, and obviously in politics everything is appearance. You know, it's about it's not even necessarily Crazy, the yeah. truth; it's about the appearance of truth. And so, if you know half a dozen of the top Republican politicians won't turn up, that would be a bad look, which would be bad going into mm -hmm. the into the election. I I I, 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 I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but uh, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was no RNC, which would be sad for you guys because it'd be a great fun trip. But what I was about to say is. Okay. Obviously, you would acknowledge at the moment your brand is completely intertwined with Trump, as oh, you've just said, because you're you're you've been taken to the RNC by one of his top donors. So, so it seems to have gone from trying to avoid politics to you really throwing all your eggs in that basket at the moment. Yeah, right. Well, well, we we well, actually yeah. didn't really think our freedoms were threatened before the coronavirus happened, really. Right. Um, because it seems like 99% political. I know it's real. I know there's real deaths and everything, but they are inflating the cases and everything. There's so a lot of lies going on. on and people are falling for it. Um, and we're, we're just not falling for it. Yeah. So, so you're, 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 you're speaking, you're speaking with probably good people to speak to about this because I live in a country where we have contained it. So we have contained oh. it. The only cases we have are at our border. Uh, the only cases that we we have zero cases wow. in our community. Um, wow. We have cases that are, are that are people who are coming off planes have, but they're in managed isolation for two weeks before they're allowed back into the community. So so Amazing. you're talking wow. you, you're you're speaking to the right people who can say to you, you know, the, the, what are the truths and perhaps what aren't the truth. I'm interested to hear from you with the coronavirus thing is when you say it's 99% political and that there's a lot of uh, mistruth expand on that what do you what do you think you're seeing out there which is uh which is inaccurate in that debate at the moment yeah okay so um and you may even be more educated on some of these things than we are but as far as like there's so many there's doctors that have come out and they're like we're being pressured to put covid deaths on things that they get money for other it. conditions that led to their death and happened to have covid or something so they're being paid you know a lot of money thousands and thousands of dollars if they get a ventilator versus if they 
you know, get regular treatment or something. The testing, people are being tested and they're, they're testing, they'll, they'll test like cotton swabs that like no one did anything and they'll come back positive. You hear like, you hear a lot of just like, uh, just a lot of um, uh, inflation of numbers. Someone will be tested two, three times, um, you know, if they took another test, they tested negative, whatever. So right. they'll just be several tests. So it's, it's very, um, there's a lot of people that when people use panic to take away your rights, right? Whenever people are afraid, they'll, right. they'll trade their rights for safety. And so if they can create a big enough uh, problem that we all need, you know, we, we will give away our rights for um, what we think is safety. And so um, I feel like that's happening a lot in America right now. And it's over the years, we've seen a lot of the Democratic Party uh, trying to take more and more, more of our freedoms away. And this is just like the perfect storm for them to come in and swoop and start taking more. You know, how how have you seen the Democratic Party try and take more of your freedoms away? Okay, so freedom of religion, we'll see like uh, kids in schools being like suspended and things for praying over their lunch, you know, things like that. Like we have a religious freedom in America. Like you know, now like Trump has gone in and said you can't be discriminated against if you're going to pray at school. Student-led prayer is not going to be discriminated against. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Right, things like anti-gun. Um, anti-gun. You know, the reason we have guns as um, citizens is to protect, protect ourselves, ourselves from a corrupt government if correct. we went corrupt yep. or from other citizens or and criminals, and, criminals or, yeah. and you know it's to protect your your what's yours you know your life and so but that's uh, not but hang on but that, but that's not but that's not what the second amendment says it's got nothing about against criminals and other citizens it talks about a well-led militia against a tyrannical government that's what the second amendment is it's got nothing to do with yeah. criminals it's got nothing to do with other citizens so for the reason that america mm-hmm. has guns um, forgive me that I'm not trying to educate you. You are the Americans. No, 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 has got no, has got nothing to do with citizens, and it's got nothing to do with it, it's it's been interpreted that way now. But the Second Amendment talks mm-hmm. about a tyrannical government. Yeah. So that's the reason you've right. got it. Not to that, and that's why this thing. And you you're also speaking to a person in a country that whilst we had a we had a massacre last year, 51 people gunned wow. down um, by a, a right wing uh, terrorist white nationalist in a mosque. Ironically, wow. you know within. A couple of months, we had all, our, all the assault weapons were banned in New Zealand. That's how our system worked. Um, but uh-huh. but in general, you know, we have a handful of gun deaths a year in general. Last year was an anomaly uh-huh. to the max. But um, which is why countries like ours, when we hear about, you know, um, people stealing TVs and then being shot for it, hearing about things like the stand your, stand your ground laws, you know, king of the castle oh laws, those sorts Great. of things. Seems seems an anomaly as well because if you read the Second Amendment, that's not what it's about. It's not about protecting your TV from a from a robber. It's not about you know protecting your property from an invader. It's about a tyrannical government. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. you when you say it's so, about against criminals, not other citizens, I don't understand that. And maybe you could educate me. Oh, I'm saying okay. No, you know that like if you have a gun and someone's going to break into your house or someone's going to try to come after your family. A gun is to protect, uh, protect, I believe it's to protect yourself, but also I definitely believe against the tyrannical government. And I think that a lot of Democratic uh, leaders don't, they don't want you to think that they are actually working against you or they have a plan to seize, you know, power over time or to convince you to give up your freedom so that they can easily control you. We're seeing so much control in America right now. And America's not used to it, you know, because we've had relative peace for a long time, you know, we have, and so uh, we've had wars overseas and things, but. Um, we haven't had this much overreach of power, um, you know, into our states. And uh, it's it's really amazing to just to see the Democratic 
um, states and how much the crime is so high, like the management of Democratic leaders, those are the ones doing the lockdowns, mm-hmm. like intense lockdowns, New York, California, you know, it's just like, they're not looking at like statistics, yeah. just, like fighting the government, the, the president all the time. Right. Gun control here is not as good of a thing as maybe there for some reason, like in Chicago, mm-hmm. there's like the Democratic cities are the ones with the most crime, basically. Sure. Right, so, and so and they're anti-gun. So following yeah. that, following that logic, um, so there's something wrong with how Democrats are doing it because the Democratic cities have the worst outcomes with with gun crime. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah, well, yeah. So so so, so, general, so, yeah. The, so the Demo- so, so the Democrats have it wrong, and the evidence of that is the Democrat-run cities. That's what you're saying. Just what they say they stand yeah. for. Yeah. We don't personally believe in, and um, there's evidence of just it not working. Couldn't you? Well, then... it's not just our laws; it's it's other things too. But yeah, go ahead. Couldn't and you? And they're then... um, sorry. We really pro life. We're pro life, and so they don't believe in that. And you know, like basically, there's we can't think of anything we agree with. On that side. <laughs> Couldn't you then also argue then is the coronavirus situation at the moment that um, the Republicans have it wrong because at the moment. Most of the outbreaks, most of the hospitalizations are happening in predominantly Republican-led cities and states. Isn't that the same argument? If the Democrats have it wrong because of what, but if the Democrats have it wrong about guns because of what's happening with guns in Democrat-led areas, then isn't it the same argument to say the Republicans have it wrong about coronavirus because of what's happening with coronavirus in Republican-led areas? Wouldn't that be a fair parallel? I see what you're saying. And so I don't, I don't know the statistics on the coronavirus and where it's breaking out and where it's not. But um, we're seeing a lot less overall. We are seeing cases. We're just not seeing a lot of deaths in America. And so, and they're trying to say that it's they're trying to continue the fear, fear, fear. Where it's yeah. like there's been other things that have caused more deaths. And like every year, we don't like go crazy about the flu. But there are so many deaths over the flu. Yeah, you know. There's other, there's other things, like someone just said yesterday, um, we were listening to a girl from, um, uh, I think it's uh, One American News, she was singing, at, she was she was speaking at an event we were singing at uh, for the governor in um, Missouri and candidates, but she was saying that, like, if you, if they always uh, announced every car wreck that was happening and every, uh, what was the other thing, um, another thing you could die from, she said, you'd just stay in your bathroom all the time. Sure. Yeah, but right now, it's like, the coronavirus is, uh, it's not as deadly as they want you to think we're not as dangerous because I guess you can get a disease and it is bad and it's no one wants to get get coronavirus but most people are getting over it now and it's just continuing to be shutting down whole places and shutting down businesses and you know not not good for the American people and for our economy the future and actual people are being like super um you know defeated by our government's control of it so that's um, it's interesting as well because you're talking about losing your freedoms under a democratic government and potentially, but you've just talked about having your freedoms squashed and you're under a republican government. So right. how does how does how does that work? I mean, it seems like it seems like on one hand you're saying we don't want the, you know, we don't want Biden to win, for example. We don't want the Democrats to get in because we don't want to lose our freedoms. But you're also saying we're losing our freedoms and you've got Trump in. So how do you marry those two things up? Right. No. 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 Okay. So yeah, there's Democratic states and there's Republican states, and they're just we're seeing the difference of how right. they're running each state. You know, we've lived in Republican states. And of course there's, there's mayors of different cities that yep. require masks, don't require masks, require more of a lockdown, stay at home orders. And so 
you're seeing more liberal leading people going for going for lockdowns, going for mandatory masks, um, you know, and then you're seeing more, uh, you know, um, conservatives saying, hey, we need to like open up. We, need, we if this happens, if we continue on this way, which is not the most deadly disease right now, like we it, it, obviously there's been a lot of deaths and everything, but now mm -hmm. it's it's been like getting better. If we keep the economy closed, we could create a horrible problem for our country financially that could last years and years and years. Yes. You know, and we need to start opening up. But Democratic uh, cities, they're going up. They, they're trying to do mail-in ballots, which there's been like so much voter fraud on the Democratic yeah. side as well. 1.5 million they found, uh, right. you know, of false votes. And they said, oh, well, we would have won anyways. Like, it doesn't matter type of thing. And so it's like, you don't see like that kind of, you don't see big stories of, of voter fraud on the, on the conservative side, but you see so many of the Democratic voting, uh, having dead people voting, the social security of people that are not alive anymore. And uh, someone just had their dog, uh, it sent a letter for their dog to vote. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was on the news the other day. Like, I, what? <laughs> I'm interested. So. I'm interested in a couple of things from you guys. And this is what I'm saying. I'd like to, you said so many things in there that I'm like, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on. Sorry, Let me. Yes, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Because what I wanted to know is, like you said, the coronavirus uh, virus cases is getting better. It's it's absolutely not in America. I mean, I can I can sh I can if you haven't seen it, and this I'm not is cases. I'm saying deaths. But it's not. It's not getting better. I mean, if you can have a look really clearly, I can show it to you the numbers. This is America at the moment with the with the cases going up. And the new cases going through the roof, and you're just starting to see active cases go up as well, and you're seeing coronavirus deaths going up as well. I, I was I was very interested as to and what happens with coronavirus is that there's a two week lag as well between cases going up and deaths going up. So you're probably going to see in America in two weeks cases of deaths and stuff spiking again, because currently right now in places like Florida and and Arkansas and a lot of a lot of Republican led, not all California's the same. That that case numbers are going up. So when case numbers go up, um, you know they they get diagnosed on the Monday, they get put in hospital the following Monday. That's the worst of the cases, and it's not like it's only you know five percent. And then from that five percent, a small amount die the following Monday. So it's got like a two week lag to it. And and some other things you said there, like voter fraud and that. I mean everything I've read, and I don't follow a particular. Uh, like I don't go, yay, CNN. I, I watch and I read everything, including international right. sources, including government agencies like the CDC. You know, so I, I follow, I follow mm -hmm. the, I, I go to the source. That's what I'm trained to do. Yeah. Everything I've seen uh -huh. is, is voter, uh, uh, um, voter. Uh, oh, sorry, the name, the word just jumped out of my head. Fake voting, pretend voting, that, that sort of voter thing, fraud, yeah. is is non non-existent to any significant amount um, uh, that I've read. And so what I wanted to know as well is where do you get your source of information from? Like where do you read these things and see these things? Because it's not, and again, I'm not American, so I'm, I'm being very careful here not to try and make it sound like I'm the expert because I'm not. But from here, looking at everything, that's not what I see. And I think you'd probably find it's not what most of the world sees on the outside looking in. So where do you uh -huh. get your information from? Yeah, no, I mean, listen to, I listen to news as far as, I, I listen to a lot of conservative stuff. I watch, I look into uh, liberal people as well, you know, because mm -hmm. I don't want to be just incubated on my side of the sure. issue, you know, and, um, but you hear a lot of um, conservatives sounding the alarm and talking about things that are happening. Of course, most of our news in America is liberal run, you know, and I, I'll see something 
and I'm like, oh, wow, this is really good. And I'll say, oh, oh this is really bad or something. And I'll see like, if there's real, like, um, if someone brings up something that uh, is like a truthful thing or something that mm. is like uncovering some kind of corruption, you'll see like all these other liberal like uh, uh, sites or like the New York Times or the Washington Post or like CNN, they'll just go attack that person and say, this is a conspiracy theorist. If it uncovers them, they all go after it and say, this lunatic or this crazy person, she looks like she was in cahoots with, uh, you know, the press secretary and everything. And they all just attack immediately and try to prove that it's completely false, but sure. that no one believes it. You know, so you see like, they see there's things, we oh, just have free speech in America, right? Yeah. And so um, people will put up videos on YouTube, they'll be taken down taken down taken down within right. like hours and things and people will keep putting them up to keep trying to get truth out because here's another problem in america we don't care about health we care about money right our medical system is a mess yeah i cannot like other and they don't tell them what they're going to charge you no after. this is one thing trump did that's what trump's trying to do transparency he just did a hospital transparency act where you have to post the price of um generic services yep. at your hospital instead of my brother went in for the flu uh, he didn't have the flu. He had something that could have been helped with uh, 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 probiotics or whatever. Yep. Or some kind of, um, I forget what it's called. Right. Anyways, he, he went in and they gave him a CAT scan. They gave him an MRI or something. I don't know. They gave him several things. He comes out uh, just with a prescription for the whatever. Nothing's visually wrong with you. Here's a $20,000 bill. Sure. You know, and they're like, give us like the least possible. What's that? And we want, you know, whatever. And you, you weren't able to know until Trump made, like, open that up, which is going to drive, you know, it's going to drive, it's going to show people, you know, what's being inflated in prices and create competition between hospitals so that people can actually get a good prices. Prices for the insurance company versus prices for cash. For, sure. They're just trying to get the most money out of the people. And they're not, you know, it's not being talked about in America, how to strengthen your immune system, how to get healthy. You know what I mean? They're just like. All you can do is like uh, a vaccine, which vaccines, you know, even for the flu, it's like 9%, uh, you know, good. And they put all these other things in vaccines. Now, vaccines in the olden days might have been great, but now they put a lot of other things that I would want my body in, you yeah, know. It's really bad reports or, on some of that. It's just like they, they're not looking for the health of Americans. Other countries, you'll see like their uh, like the life rate longer. Or, and we're so advanced apparently in America, maybe. And, you know, and we have like, so many deaths of like diabetes and like let me okay let me <laughs> let me jump in let me jump in let me jump in let me I'm jump sorry. in because no no so it's, much corruption. no it's great okay. it's great because i'm passionate about so many issues it's it's and no but it's politics school system it's so you know. interesting because so much of what you're saying uh-huh so for example the left right media thing right i I, uh-huh. I i agree with you that there's a left right media obviously and i agree with you that the predominantly the number of people on television lean left completely but i don't i I think that it's not so much a left right bias it's a corporate bias in other words because you just said it after that for the for the healthcare these news agencies they Uh are looking to make money so the yeah. story that gets the most clicks or the most eyes makes the most yeah. money, and that's what drives the content. Now, I yes, think what absolutely. that I think what that means is in America, uh, so we say left wing, and I hate using those terms because I don't believe in necessarily a left wing media. I believe in a corporate media, but okay. but those areas would what that would be suggesting to me is more eyes want to see that than want to see the other. Because that's what uh-huh. that's what's going on. So if you look at Twitter's a good example about banning people and that, and taking people off, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
they they have a a cor- people think it's a left wing outlet, but it's a corporate outlet. It's about making money. And right. when you say people upload videos and they get taken down immediately, and that's evidence of like left wing X Y Z. Look, we could it's a, a one Google search will show you the number of right wing commentators that have been taken down and left wing commentators that have been taken down. I've had uh-huh. some of my videos taken down from YouTube, and I'm because because basically there's an algorithm now that's so sensitive to political conversation. If I put oh, a video I up on YouTube, even I, I did a, a I've done videos. Uh, talking with academics, so they're from an academic perspective, as to a, a, a subject. Uh, talking about, uh, like I have a guy called James Flynn who who coined a phrase, the Flynn effect, which is talking about how IQs are going up um, through generations. It also has some um, references to different IQs amongst different uh, parts of the world. That's then tagged as being, you know, uh, racist for want of a better word. Although it's scientific research gets taken down immediately. Wow. It's actually a neutral, right. it's not left or it's not right, it's neutral. But because there's such uh-huh. a sensitivity at the moment to these sorts of things, and it probably started at the last election with the whole fake news, Russia gate, Russia bots, you know, all this sort of thing coming out, um, that now, yeah. now now these companies, like these more independent companies, are so sensitive about, in America, for example, being sued um, or getting it wrong, is they'd rather put a blanket over everything and perhaps just trust some of the, the big corporate news media than anything else and that's when it comes back to again it's a corporate thing in my opinion it goes corporate is the is like the the big title and then it goes left right like left right is not the big title corporate is the big title money making is the big title then the second layer is left versus right in my my opinion from from what i'm looking at um i also Mm -hmm. i also wanted to talk to you about healthcare would you like to know if your brother was in new zealand how it would work Yes, I would love to know. I love other countries. Yeah. I've been to a lot of other countries on mission trips, and so I love the I love places around the world. Okay, so your brother your brother's got the flu. He phones up his doctor. He goes to see the doctor. Going to see the doctor might cost you, depending on where it is and and, and who he is. Because, for example, if you're a student in New Zealand, you pay a bit less. If you're under sixteen, you pay nothing. So under sixteens don't pay anything to go to the doctor in New Zealand. Um, if you're a student at university, you might pay half price. If you're a if you're going to see the best doctor in New Zealand in the most expensive area, I don't know, you might pay 60 or 80 bucks. But, you know, probably really? probably 40 or 50 bucks to go see your GP is, is a pretty standard price for someone without any kind of, um, you know, discount. So, so if you're a retired, if you're over 65, you might pay half of that. You know, if you're a student, you might pay half of that. But let's just say you're, you're a 40-year-old full-time worker with a job, you pay 40, 50 bucks to go to the doctor. If it's just the flu, it's just the flu. Uh, and you probably, if it was the flu, you probably wouldn't get given any medicine because the flu is a virus and you can't do anything about a virus. You just got to wait it out. But if it was something that needed a, needed a prescription, um, so let's say it's a bacterial infection, um, he would he or she would get a, uh, a prescription from a doctor. He would take it to a chemist, a pharmacy. Uh, he would hand them the prescription. He would pay them $5 no matter what the medicine was he would get the prescription wow. across the counter. So to go to the doctor here and get a prescription of medicine might cost you 50 bucks. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now, if if it was, for example, something really serious, if he wow. went to the doctor, he turned up and it was COVID, for example, which we don't have in yeah. our community at the moment, but if it was, then, um, you know, there'd probably be an ambulance called because you'd want to separate this person straight to hospital, straight into the area of hospital, all that kind of stuff. For that, zero. Wouldn't pay a cent. 
nothing at all. We have mm-hmm. a free healthcare system. Uh, mm-hmm. Sitting alongside that, we also have a private healthcare system. If I have, uh, l- let's say I have a, a bad knee, and my knee at some stage is going to need a knee replacement, I can go on the public waiting list, which might take me six months, 12 months, two years to get to the top of the system where I pay literally nothing. Or I can go and pay $20,000 to a private provider and get it done tomorrow. And in between there, I have insurance or I can have insurance and my premiums will cover the private insurance. So we kind of have several systems. The thing about that Uh is no one misses out whether you can afford it or not because the base system, which is no different, sitting in the hospital having that knee replacement, I might be in the in the room next to the person who's paid twenty thousand dollars. It's the same, um, is is accessible by everyone and it doesn't cost a cent. Now, you're talking about money and how money is driving things. I listen to you and I think, oh well, you should be a Bernie Sanders supporter because Bernie Sanders was probably the person who had the closest policies to the kind of healthcare we have in New Zealand that they have in Australia, that they have in the UK. And I think one of the things, unfortunately, that happens in America is there is that um, bias through the media giving unrealistic, unfair stories. Like, for example, oh, if you have cancer in Canada, you go to a queue, you wait nine years and you die. It's not the Mm. case. Uh, that's not saying it's perfect. I've heard of stories of people in New Zealand who have had to be treated in Sydney, in Australia, for cancer because they haven't had the space here. But there is still care. And the most important thing is if there's urgent care, you are straight in, you're at the top of the queue, and it costs not a cent. Wow. Because we pay for it in our taxes. What is your tax rate, you know? It's nothing particularly bad. I think our top tax rate is about uh, about. 35 or 40 percent that's on paye our business tax i think is about 30 percent if you're earning below 60 70 thousand dollars it's you know 20 25 percent it's not horrific and i mean the thing about the thing your your rate of money pretty similar to ours i'm guessing oh no you have a stronger dollar than us you have a stronger dollar so, much different so when I so so something uh, that'll cost me a hundred bucks off Amazon will hundred US dollars will probably cost me hundred and fifty, so it's a bit more. Okay. You got so probably seventy five dollars wow. ish to the hundred. So it's okay. not again. Yeah, it's not. More no, no. He's saying that the exchange rate of uh, dollars are dollars stronger. Okay, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> that's a lot. Okay. Go yeah. Ahead. No. So so if you came over here for a holiday and you bought a thousand US dollars with you, you'd probably have fifteen hundred New Zealand dollars to spend. So it's it's you know it's not it's not terrible. Might be more like thirteen hundred and fifty New Zealand dollars. It's not terrible, but the American dollar is stronger. But it's not like you know we're not Zimbabwe with wheelbarrows of of money to buy a loaf of bread. And the other thing is we're yeah. not we're not backwards and yeah. and we are definitely a first world country and you know we have mm-hmm. all the same amenities and all the same privileges when it comes to things like healthcare that anywhere else in the world does as as is America. I, I'd be really interested to hear your response to what I've just said about our healthcare system and the Bernie Sa- Sanders analogy because he's the one that was actually saying this is more how we need to do it. This is how the rest of the world is doing it because we are. Yeah. So like um, government takes control of the healthcare system, basically. You actually have several systems. You have uh, insurance, you have the government, and then you have private. Right. So I'd have to educate myself more on healthcare around the world before I give too much comment about um, 
exactly how I think it should be. Well, let me let me let me say this: it's pri- it's primarily it's primarily or it's not all controlled by the government, but probably. I'm, I'm, I am pulling a number out of the air, but I'm just thinking about experiences I've had and my friends and family have had probably. So my mother, for example, passed away approaching two years ago. She had motor neuron disease, um, which is a degenerative disease of, you know, it's a neurological disease. She took three years to eventually pass away. The last 12 months of her life were pretty, um, pretty hard, involved wheelchairs and special beds and then a hospital stay at the end. We didn't, we didn't pay a cent. The wheelchair came from Japan. The bed came from Germany. The hospital stay at the end was, you know, five or six nights. Um, the best care didn't pay a cent for it because that's how our system works. Because I think, and this is something I also want to talk to you about. Gosh, we're going to have to be careful because we're running out of time. I think there should be a philosophy that you look after the widows and orphans. I think there should be a philosophy. That's biblical. I think there should be a philosophy that. A society should be judged by how the least is treated and the least is looked after. I think that's uh-huh. a philosophy that confuses me a lot in America when I see some commentaries coming out of, uh, shall we say, uh, right-wing Christian conservative viewpoints that seem to be espousing the other thing. I think that it was pretty clear, biblically speaking, that there was a philosophy that those will be first shall be last. And um, mm-hmm. all of that stuff confuses me. It confuses me about how all those things marry up. I'm always being confused, and I'm not saying this is you guys, by how someone can be yeah. pro-life and support war or support the death penalty because they are the opposite of pro-life. All these things have been confusing to me, and we could probably talk for six hours, but this is why I wanted to have you on. I'm like, educate me, because I, I want to, even if we, even if I don't agree with that philosophy or that person, I want to understand them. Yeah, I well, what I think is war is inevitable, and you have to defend yourself if you're attacked, and um, so it's just a necessity, but it's not a necessity to kill an innocent baby. Well, we're very pro-life as far as, um, definitely as far as uh, the unborn and pro-life altogether. I wish there couldn't, I wish there didn't, weren't wars. I wish people didn't fight for the power of other places yeah. that, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, um, but yeah, tell me more about what you think about that. Um, I think that there, I think that it's a difficult uh, philosophical conversation to have because there is no such thing as a just war. Because as soon as some right. innocent civilians die, it's a war crime. Now I'm I'm right. speaking philosophically no. and almost academically because I also acknowledge it's impossible to carry out what that means. Um, but I do mm-hmm. think, and I guess the most recent time we think about you know someone being attacked and retaliating would be probably 9/11, and uh-huh. that war seemed to be uh, an outright clear and obvious um, war crime because. The attackers came from Saudi Arabia and the incursion was made into Afghanistan and Iraq. So that seemed to be just, uh, and you know, you're getting people now saying, realizing, recognizing that that was not necessarily the case to do it. The difficulty with this conversation is, is I never, ever, ever want to disrespect, you know, people who have uh, paid their lives for a cause. Of course. Um, but, but I guess you yeah. also, I, you also have to be honest about it. Uh, and I've and I've read and heard and seen dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of stories of American soldiers saying, "What are we here for? This is not what we signed I, up for." Yeah, and that kind and, of thing. Yeah. So I guess there's Definitely. a philo- well, there's, there's a philosophical conversation, and sometimes it's easy to 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 speak poetically and you know be anti-war, um, whilst as you say, it's inevitable because because no one, I don't think anyone would say 
when Germany walked into Poland that the world should have gone, oh, well, I'm against war. You know, some kind of retaliation right. was appropriate. So it's a very difficult conversation. I think what's an easier conversation to talk about with the pro-life one is the death penalty because no one needs to be put uh-huh. to death. And in fact, um, the death penalty in general is not only, um, in, my, in my opinion, an immoral situation, but it's also... Um, financially irresponsible because to put someone to death in America costs about five times as much as it would to keep them in prison for the rest of their lives. So it seems to be two strikes against why a conservatively minded person, someone who has a religious belief but also who wants to be fiscally conservative, shouldn't support the death penalty. So that confuses me as well. I've never heard that. That's a new news thing. That's interesting. I've never heard the cost of death. Well, Ma- I don't know. The Bible says for for a tooth. And I think that if that's somebody Old and the Old Testament says that, it also that's says t- it also says turn yeah, the other true. cheek. <laughs> to me, right. I think if somebody in their right mind, anyway, killed somebody else and they were killed because of it, there would be less murders. When you punish crime, it, when you punish it harshly, then people are more afraid learn. to do it. You know, I can. From- I used to be a, uh, I don't, and I don't want to get into a debate with you guys about this, but I used to be, no, a, I used to be I a. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I think a lot about this because I, my personal thing is I want, I want everyone to know Christ and to come to him. I'd rather them get saved right. and, you know, I have a life change and re-enter society as a new, new man, new woman. You know what I mean? I understand. Forgiven under Christ. Um, now, not everybody is going to actually repent, change their life around, and not do something like that again. So, yeah. yep, yep, knowing yep, yep. who is and who isn't, I don't, you know, that's a very hard question to know what to do. But let me uh, let, with- let me expand this to you then a little bit as well. If you're someone who believes in that uh, theology, right? And I'm not, I'm not suggesting, I'm not uh-huh. saying that because I'm saying I do or don't. I'm saying that as a person right. hosting you guys, realizing there's lots of people watching and listening who don't. So if you're someone who does uh-huh. or doesn't believe in that theology of, uh, you know, eternal salvation, getting into heaven, getting to know uh, Christ, uh, you know, having eternal salvation, right. then again, the death penalty would be, would be the wrong thing to do because you'd want that person to have as much time as possible to, as the, as the Christian world would say, repent of their sins and and find their quote-unquote saviour. So that again would just seem to be another argument against the death penalty. Let me say as well, I was going to say about my, my talkback experience, um, just because it's a great topic of conversation to get telephone lines ringing, <laughs> the death penalty. Um, I know, I know right. from research, and I could go and find it, but I haven't. I know from research that the, um, the majority of the um, states in America with the death penalty are also, have the highest crime rate. So it's unequivocal that it's not a deterrent. There's, there's no question about that. It's not a deterrent. And if you stop and think about it logically, when someone kills someone, most of the time, it's not a, you know, get my piece of paper out and write down the plan and this is what I'm going to do. It's it's an, in the heat of the moment. It's a, it's it's kind of an equivalent of a crime of passion most of the time. Most of the people mm-hmm. who kill someone didn't necessarily intend to kill that person. Something escalated, something escalated, or something was involved, drugs or alcohol that impaired them, and it happened. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of people, have you have no deterrence for them because it's not a... The way a deterrent works is, uh, listen, little Johnny, my seven-year-old you know, niece or nephew or whatever, if you take that cookie, you're going to get this punishment. That, that kid or that person has the cognitive ability to stop and think and make a reasoned right. decision. Murder is not a reasoned decision most of the time. So therefore, the deterrent of the death penalty. It's not premeditated, it shouldn't be. It wasn't premeditated, intentional, you know. 
treated differently. Right. And, and of course, on the flip side, you know, don't take that cookie. If you raise a child in the way they should go, the Bible says when they're old, they, sh they won't depart from it. So they won't grow up to be murderers or get addicted to drugs or all that if they're raised right, hopefully, or they'll have a less of a chance to get involved in the wrong things first than to go training on to Training has to things. happen. Yeah, training. Like the moral yeah. training has to happen. Yeah. 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 We don't see a lot of that in America happening. Yeah. And the breakdown of the family has created so many problems. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen if you spank your kid you know. now. You could be a reporter for abuse, you know. Mm. Right, some French, some, some, you know, well, we don't. states don't have when yeah. in New Zealand, in New Zealand, there was a in the um, first decade, first ten years of this decade, there was uh, laws brought in that uh, you can't hit children anymore. That was uh, that's been brought in as law, um, and society hasn't fallen over. You know, we haven't mm -hmm. all of a sudden the generation. Oh gosh, it must be fifteen years later. Of fifteen-year-olds now haven't turned into you know all crim <laughs> criminals and drug users because right. they weren't uh, spanked as children. Um, yeah, look. I, wonder, I, not the only way. I wonder if it has to you know, do with culture too, or maybe there's a different respect level. I mean, Here we are trained not to respect from very young. <laughs> yeah. from cartoons, I got in even like SpongeBob and some stupid little stuff going on to bigger and worse stuff about disrespecting the father and the house. It's very popular. I think it's just yeah. raised the generation. Just, in the wrong we don't way. really have much respect for authority in our country yeah. anymore. Respect for the presidential office, respect for <laughs> policemen now, respect for parents. You know, just uh, respect for even preachers. You know. Uh, and so I believe that America needs to turn to God. We don't respect God as a country in general either. You know, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people do, a lot of people don't. And so a lot of people don't believe in him. So, and I understand where they're coming from there, but, um, if they don't respect him, they don't him. But, well, you have um, to, you have to understand as well though. And if you don't know this, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know that, um, the entertainment that you're talking about, you know, the SpongeBob and that, that influences the world. What, what? Your ten I'm not saying SpongeBob is bad. I'm saying it's a dumbing down. No, no. But what, I'm, what, saying, what I'm saying is what your ten-year-olds are watching, our ten-year-olds are watching. It's it's the yeah. same. It's the same. The world over. What your you know fourteen-year-olds are playing on PS4, our fourteen-year-olds are playing on PS4. What your sixteen-year-olds are listening to on Spotify, our sixteen-year-olds listening to on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Because we are Western, uh, we are predominantly yeah. European. Um, it, it, the influences that you have with your teenagers, yeah. if we want to use that thing, are the same as the influences right. we have with our teenagers. Now, if you're talking about a, a different cultural country, if you're talking about, I don't know, just out of interest to pull out India, I don't know why it pops into mind, but if it was India, you could probably argue that there'd be different influences, culturally speaking. But <clears throat> as a predominantly white um, first world country, they're the same. Our influences are the same sure. as yours. In uh, fact, mm -hmm. you guys yeah. influence us. When I say they're the same, what influences our kids is content from America. So it's actually, right. you know, it's the, you guys are basically well, col I mean, colonizing the world. Maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's schools. I don't, you know, I There's don't know what the not, difference is. And it's not like spanking is the only thing they can help because I've got almost no spankings at all. <laughs> you know, first, I, she just naturally leaned towards doing the right thing. Naturally obedient. Naturally loved God since I was very young, wanted to please him. So yeah. not everybody's going to be the same and raise the same and every kids need kids need mostly love attention and a great example you know and we're not always seeing a lot of that you know so let's um let's talk about um we never really got to the end of that conversation about the the health system because we started talking uh -huh. about the three tiers of it so you're welcome to, i'd love you to pick up on that as well but uh, we've i mean we've got a, a little bit of time left maybe 10 or 15 minutes hopefully i'd really like to talk about trump because that's how i found you uh -huh. guys and that's how i uh engage with you guys with your song right and I really want to see, um, with all these things we've talked about, and especially from that 
um, and, and again, this is not about you guys per se, but maybe primarily more the conservative Christian right. I don't want to say it's everybody, uh-huh. which is why I'm saying not necessarily you guys. You know, May right. has made for a very long time so much noise about what is appropriate, inappropriate, what is okay for a president, what is not okay for a president. The examples given from Barack Obama, for example, that were unacceptable or criticism given of him, Trump comes in and those same groups seem to give him a pass for it. You know, it it seems hypocritical. That might be the wrong word. It might be unfair. So I won't you I won't use that word as an accusation. But I'd really like mm-hmm. to know from you. You're obviously uh, two two women who are who have a faith, have a um, have a have a theology or an ideology in your life that's grounded in the the Christian faith. How that also influences um, your fervent support of Donald Trump. Right. Okay. Uh, pick an issue. Well, just tell us in general. Give give us a rundown. Why why do you why why do you support Trump? Okay, so you're saying okay. What is an example of something you're saying would be um, hypocritical of like Republicans? I have one. Um, uh, versus like, uh, okay, family family values is, a, is an interesting one. Uh-huh. Yeah, you've got a, a president who's had three marriages, who's cheated on his right. pregnant wife, who right. uses yeah. phrases like, and I won't say the word because I don't want to say whether it'll offend you girls, but grab him by the P word. Who, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, no, and that was 15 years ago before he was Christian. He just basically became Christian as he was getting into office. But you don't buy so that, he, do you? I mean, honestly, honestly, do you buy? I'm, I'm, I'm being genuine question. Because if you're known by your fruits, you don't buy that, do you? You don't buy that Trump has turned around his life. Because if you look at who he is today, what he says today, what he's about today, is you don't see any different from 1990. You don't you don't buy that he really has transformed himself, honestly, do you? As opposed to it being a politically convenient term to use to 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 get yourself a a voting block. Well, he he surrounds himself with Christian people, right? He just and he doesn't have to do that, you know. He concludes God and so yes, many pastors pray over him. his public speeches. But, but what know, president? But what president hasn't? But what president hasn't? I mean, that that's part of the part of the part of the interesting anomalies of America is that there's this quote unquote separation of church and state. Yet, right. if you weren't a quote unquote Christian, and I'm saying that meaning I don't know if a person's a Christian or not, that that's right, a, yeah, a decision, but that's a, a personal thing. But if you don't identify as that, you ain't going to be president. So when you say that, he surrounds himself. Who hasn't in the in the White Office and the, the White House, White House, the Oval Office? In the White House. Uh, well, he's chosen. He's definitely chosen a Christian vice president that's very pro-life. Um, you know, who stands with the Word of God, who stands with religious freedom, and you know, he, he's dressed around himself with preachers and pastors and people that come to the White House and National Day of Prayer. And, of course, everyone does National Day of Prayer. We have kind of a, um, yeah, like you're saying, right. kind of like a Christian thing. He went to March you know, for Life. Yeah, evidently, he's the first, first president, president to, um, to attend March for Life, which is our, you know, right. for life, March for Life in yep. January. So that's pretty important. 2018, I mean, that's one of our biggest things. He's, if he's not, life. if he doesn't believe in God and if he's not pro-life and if he's not, uh, you know, fighting for traditional American freedoms and the family, and then he's doing a, a great job pretending because he's making policies. He's, he's actually doing uh, pushing forward, actually right. signing things in, you know, executive orders and things to protect the church, to protect telling the IRS, which is our you know tax service, to stop targeting churches in particular because right. they've seen like making churches essential. intentional attack on the church through the IRS, and you know, and so and you know how you get audited and things, um, and they can just. Yeah, just go crazy with it and things and so 
Uh, he's definitely put the church as a high priority, religious freedom. And um, he's, I think he's done a great job for the church. There's so many things he's done. Can, can, I, can I ask right. you something? Can I, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. I, want, I really want you to get all your thoughts out. But on some level, doesn't that feel like, if that is the case, and I'll say if it is the case, fine, <coughs> pardon me, doesn't that feel that it's the wrong focus? <clears throat> I mean, the story having his focus on the church. I mean, again, if you mm-hmm. go back to a, a biblical thought process, I mean, the only focus that the Jesus character in the Bible had on the church was a negative one because any time he interacted with the church, i.e. the temple or the Pharisees or whatever, it was to chastise them and it was to say you're doing it wrong. He focused on the lepers, the widows, the orphans, those people. When you say, and, and look, I don't have notes in front of me. Like I'm not set up right. for, a, for a debate. It's not what I'm trying to do. But when you say <laughs> he's doing good things for the churches, I would rather hear he's saying he's doing good things for the solo mums. He's doing good things for the widows and orphans. He's doing good things for those groups of people. I, I, I don't, I don't think that doing good for an institution is necessarily evidence of anything. Necessarily, maybe it is, maybe I'm wrong, but necessarily, other than having a group here who then will support you back again. He's not just supporting Christians. He's supporting religious freedom. But Christians are a big thing that have been attacked in the recent years, you know, and How? the church. And How have Christians yeah, okay, been so, attached, attacked? So, like, religious institutions, if they ever... Okay, so this could seem self-serving, but um, if they ever spoke about politics, they would be, like, revoked of, you know, their tax exemption or something, you know, if they ever endorsed anybody. And so, um, you know, it silenced the church on anything to do with politics because nobody wants to... Uh, talk about it and get their church closed down or you have to become like a, just a for-profit or something. And, you know, early in America, preachers, they're supposed to be people that you trust and can look to for an opinion yeah. and can get some advice from. They don't have to t- follow your preacher. You, people, no one can make you vote either way. No one knows who you vote for, you know, but yeah. they can't even give an opinion. It's just shut this, the church down with three feet. If you're going to be anywhere, uh, a public, you know, tax exempt place, then you can't say anything. And so he lifted that. So there's not like that clamp on the church from being able to promote godly candidates, not just Trump, but all kinds of uh, Republican, pro-life, you know, uh, conservative candidates that uh, you should be, I think you should be able to talk about. So do you think there should be a separation of church and state? We can't make, the idea is they didn't want to make, you know, other places have been like, you're going to be Catholic or you can't get a job. Like my grandma was in Cuba, you know, you had to be baptized Catholic. You couldn't get a job. She was a missionary. Mm-hmm. And or you had to be you had to be married in the Catholic Church or you could you know things like that and so there our American our America was based on uh, you know Judeo Christian we had the Ten Commandments on our in our walls of our courts that they taken down on the lawns that they taken and said it's unconstitutional so if you don't have a moral uh, standard mm-hmm. to set your country on you know uh, it's going to be very hard to keep keep orders yeah you know so because when I, people have to have so when i again. say when i ask do you think there should be a separate church and state it sounds like you're saying no i wish that people all believed in jesus <coughs> i wish that people think is the reason they didn't want they wanted it was because it can easily be turned to be something else that doesn't isn't good for the people too you know or it could be yeah. used as the church obviously ideally in, the people in history the would be christian but not force it on anybody else you know what i mean we have a moral standard wow. a lot of our, our forefathers 
our forefathers, uh, they have so many references to God, the Bible, Jesus, that we have to stay moral. We have, you know, so much about God. Yeah, and, and our, our laws are based on morality, you know, um, and authority, being under authority. If you're, if you're afraid of somebody higher than you, that's healthy because then things will stay in order. If you're not afraid, then you'll go out and do crazy stuff. I'll tell you something that I, I actually do disagree with you on, um, mm -hmm. that people should be afraid of not fear okay what i mean is respect respect and i don't think you can i don't think you can scare someone into a religious belief i no, think no, you know the idea is not to scare someone but there should be punishment for evil and i think there should be promotion of good there should at least be fear of the law you know, you know or breaking laws that not necessarily are god or religion but. for society you know but okay as far as churches uh, a religion uh separation um i believe i I, we want as many people to be believing in God and, you know, having his kingdom on earth versus uh, corruptness, man's corruptness. We see a lot of what happens when people don't honor God in their lives and it doesn't lend to freedom for all people. You know, we have so much religious freedom in America that now people have come and said, oh, you people that you guys made religious freedom based on the Bible, based on, you know, tolerance of many different cultures different beliefs everybody can practice their beliefs as long as they don't like uh you know some religions teach you to kill other people if they don't believe in your religion right. we don't believe in that we're not gonna let you practice you know uh being able to murder someone because they don't believe like you yeah you know what i mean but um yeah we are going to let you believe peacefully however you want there's so many sectors of christianity even in america yeah, yeah there's yeah. like so many different denominations do you so we're not yeah what i hear you saying is that I, I give you a, a, a wand and you wave your magic Christian wand. <laughs> I know I realized I was about to say wave your magic wand. You guys not be, might not be comfortable with sort of a analogy involving magic. I, I get that. So so you can you can uh, ha, let's say have your ha, have your prayer answered if that's a better way of saying it. You'd want right. basically all lawmakers in America at whatever level, like you said, those at the top, to be Christians. That would be like a I dream for you. Yes, to be. To be like Jesus, to be Christians like Jesus, you know what I mean? To honor God, to honor the people, to be a servant of the people, to not be there for their self-interest, for their self, uh, their money or their positions of power to extend or for, you know, whatever uh, personal agenda they have. <laughs> but of you course, but look, we want people to be moral, <laughs> God-loving, God-fearing people. This is the thing that it, it's to me, and, and look, again, I'm not the expert. I'm sitting thousands of miles away in my lovely COVID-free city. Um, I, when you say that, you, you just, it sounds to me like you're describing Republican politicians. You know, like Trump promised to, to um, what was it, drain the swamp. Didn't do it. Surrounded uh -huh. himself with those same people who have always been there. It's not criticism of Trump, actually. It's criticism of the whole system. I think one of the problems uh -huh. America's got is the whole system. And one of the issues um, with the COVID situation in America is a failure of your government in general and a failure of the government process. Not your government as in the Trump-led government, but the whole thing from okay. the past yeah. 150 years. Because what happened here in New Zealand and what countries have done who have started to get on top of it is we went holy crap we know that in the long run the best thing for us is to be as covid free as we can so our, our government shut us down we were shut down for uh -huh. five weeks everyone inside for five weeks the whole country inside for uh -huh. five weeks and that was what led us to get to this point now we know that's going to cost the economy that's going to cost uh -huh. jobs 
that's going to cost you know financial distress. But our government also went, well, we're going to borrow and get further into debt to get us through this. And then we know the long term, the output in the long term is going to be better for us to start grabbing some of that back. And uh-huh. and I think, and I was talking to Dave Rubin actually just a few weeks ago. I had a I had a conversation with Dave Rubin. If you know his stuff at all, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I know Dave. And I said to him um, on one of these podcasts, the 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 reason that he was using an example of a woman who had gone who, who had opened her salon and she was a hero. And I'm like, well, the reason that she's had to open. What? She was a hero because she opened her salon in the middle of the COVID crisis, okay. according uh-huh. to according to Dave. And I'm like, well, the, but the reason she had to open it to put food on the table was a, was actually a failing of your government. The government should have supported, should have said, this is what we need to do to stay safe and to get rid of this thing. And we're going to help you do that by supporting you for a short period of time to help you get through it. So there's that bit in the middle where it seems that you guys are going, open the economy, get back to work. We can't all starve. I agree. But but the health professionals are saying the only way we're going to deal with this is X, Y, Z. And I'm not just meaning American health professionals. This is the world over. There needs to be that gap mm-hmm. in the middle where actually government, governmental bodies needs to step in and go, this is how we will help go from what the professional healthcare people are saying through to the end user who is suffering, especially financially. And that's the breakdown. And that's the government in general, the whole body, all of it. Maybe not since 1776, but certainly the last hundred years in America has has done you a disservice. The reason you don't have decent healthcare, and I don't mean decent as in at the top it's good quality. I mean, you know, that your brother had a, a massive bill for stuff that had is because your government has done you a disservice mm-hmm. for decades. And mm-hmm. and I'm always interested in as to why people vote against their interests and why you continue to support that. And Donald Trump is the antithesis, if that's the right word. Anyway, no, antithesis. Anyway, he's the perfect example mm-hmm. of this to an nth degree of this continuation of where it's been. There was a French philosopher who said, you will get the government that you deserve. America deserves Donald Trump right now based on the last hundred years. And the only way to, to, to get it to a place better for everyone, you included, is to bring change. Donald Trump promised change. It's one of the reasons he got in. One of the reasons a lot of the independents supported him was they thought he's outside the circle. He'll bring something different. Didn't happen. Status quo. Continuing on. There's a few things around the edges, I agree. But in general, status quo. In general. Oh, I think he's doing a lot for our country. I'll, I'll give you my points. Go on uh, then. I'll go through them. How much time do we have? Oh, I mean, I, I, need to, I need to take them to the airport in about 20 minutes. But I've got as okay. much time as you want. Okay, so okay, so I do believe that he cares for uh, every. Okay, so there's a lot of racial divide in our country right now, and uh, I believe that I believe the Democratic Party is not doing the best for our Black Americans who deserve to rise, you know, and deserve to not feel like they are victimized, you know. And nobody's so, doing um, the best. No, nobody, no, nobody's doing the best. I don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but it'd be good to have this conversation together rather than a list of points. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 neither political, neither oh, political yeah, party so. is doing the best. It, the, the whole, yeah. the whole government system is letting down the the black community in America. Yes. Okay. But so, and yes, and they all need to work to get out of it and come up with actual solutions. You know, I wish that they. I don't know. I wish they could all actually work together and be friends and not be just for being reelected, but actually vote for. Uh, vote for oh wait 
Where are you? Hold on. Okay, there. someone called. Someone called. Okay, so I believe that he is helping every every you know Hispanic Americans, Black Americans, Asian Americans. Everybody is rising. He wants to get rid of a lot of the welfare that um, you know people that shouldn't be on welfare that are on that are not people getting off government support as much as possible, helping get out of that. Is going to help people. How? You know what I mean? How is it going to help, help people, people if they don't? But, but how is that going to help people if they need to put food on the table? Taking the, taking away their welfare well, checks. How is that going to help thirty million Americans? No, people need people need to be off of welfare because welfare. It's like my grandma right now. She's on welfare, and if she makes us over a certain amount, they take everything away from her, and then sure. of course her health care and all that kind of stuff too. And so I understand, but she's like living on nothing. You know what I mean? It's like and so that's bottom. another thing because it's a she is um you can't you get know, a head retire and everything, but you yeah. can't get a whole head on welfare. So they need to come up with something that helps people off and helps people get independent and not feel like you know uh, it's not helping people stay on it forever. Do you think so, in this in um, this do you think in this current climate with the world exploding, the job rate in America is a, the the unemployment rates at about eleven percent, and that doesn't include the underemployed. That there's going to be the ability for all these people to get off welfare and, and secure jobs that currently aren't there. What what's going to happen to all these people? I'm just talking I don't logistics. Know how Again? I'm just talking logistics. All I'm talking is the, the, this, I don't know like, how they're going to unravel the COVID mess, you know, but I trust that they, I, I do trust President Trump. I do trust the administration. I see so many things they're doing for our country and they're not super pro welfare for people that people have been on welfare for generate the generational welfare, welfare people, yep. you know, and that's not helping you just thinking, Oh, I can't make it. Or, and, um, you know, there's no way out. and blah, blah. So he's trying to help people um, become independent. And so that's one thing. School choice, another thing, which I think is an amazing thing. People have been fighting for that for years. My dad's been fighting for school choice when he was 25 years ago. I said, Dad, you know what school choice is? Oh, yeah, I held signs for that in California when mm -hmm. I was, you know, 25 years ago. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so passionate about it because it basically gives people the choice, not by zip code, but by, um, you know, by uh, choosing whether it's voucher, charter schools, Christian schools, homeschool, you know, not just the a lot of the failing education system. Uh, it, a lot of public education is very failing and it's, it's horrible. And I, I'm so lucky. I, got, I was homeschooled and I was Christian schooled, you know, and I didn't go through a lot of what people are going through, being passed through grades, not being able to read in different places, even as a senior, you know, and so it's just like horrible. So, uh, giving people a choice and I don't know why anybody would fight school choice. It's going to make schools actually have to get better. Well, let's, if they want to keep this. So what we, what we need to, what we need to do is we need to then follow that through. So when I was working in talkback, a lot of the thing I then did was say, and then what? Okay. So let's say school choice is in place, right? Uh -huh. Let's say there's one school, uh, in a, in a, in a suburb of let's say Detroit, that is performing academically better than the ten schools around it. Um, uh -huh. Tell me, tell me now what happens that you can go to any school you want. What's the situation? It's probably going to fill up, right? Capacity. Hmm. Uh, sure. So, so all the best and brightest will leave the surrounding ten other schools and go to that one school, and then what? And then you've got school. <laughs> then, well, and then you've okay, got so the saying, other. Oh, the other one's not going to be good. Well, then, well you, then, then, then you've actually made the, then you've actually made those other ten schools you've made those other ten schools weaker. So then, what do we do? Yeah, oh, well, you can tell, have teachers be trained as well. And the thing is, I think it's I think it's a great. What What do you think is a better option? Um, I think a better the option. The way we have it is horrible, you know, in so many places. I, I can't speak exactly to the American um, educational system, but mm -hmm. this is one of the things that maybe is. 
uh, confusing a bit to those outside America. We're constantly being told from everyone, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, that America is the, uh-huh. the shining light on the hill, is the greatest country in the world, is the best country in the world, has the greatest people, has the greatest of everything. But what you guys have done today has told me about how terrible everything is, including mm-hmm. the education system. Those things don't seem to line up. You don't have the worst education system in the country and the greatest country in the world. You have the best education system. Mm-hmm. So you're either not the best country in the world, and I'm not meaning to offend you by saying that, I'm just using logic, right. or you don't have the worst, you don't have a terrible healthcare, I mean, sorry, healthcare, um, education system. You kind of can't, system. yeah, you kind of can't have it, but can't have it both ways. Right. I know I get it. And I'm, I think we have an amazing system in America that if it's run by great people that actually have great hearts and want the best for the people, we have an amazing, we have amazing balance of power. Uh, but it's been very corrupted in all the areas. And I think what Trump is doing is bringing it to light. We've never had anybody uh, talk to hospitals and say, you got to show your, show your hidden prices so that people can actually know what they're getting. No one's ever thought mm-hmm. about that. And not, not that they never thought about that, but they just accepted these things as something that they have to accept. Yep. You know what I mean? And then challenge things. You know, I think he's challenging so many things. And so uh, another thing he's done, skills first executive order for mm-hmm. all of the, uh, not all of them, but I'm guessing, but like the government is 2.1 million jobs, something like that in America, one of the biggest provider of jobs. And so far we've had um, our, our education, our higher education uh, has also become um, very interesting as far as our colleges and things and what, what you pay and you go for and what you get at the end and everything. And uh, they become very liberal and, you know, people go and get in thousands. It's so easy to get in debt in America, which I don't think is good for people either. Sure. And colleges and, and all these places just give you money, give you money. Then you spend the rest of your life. Like the degree you might use, no one's asking you like, okay, no one's like testing you to like for a business loan, you know, it's like super hard to get like $10,000 or something mm-hmm. to get your business started for a college. They'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. You know, there's no way to claim bankruptcy on it, which I understand or whatever. But like, I'm just saying, you know, it's like if you fail with it, there's no, there's, no, it's just, oh, here's your debt forever. Now go work a job you hate if you didn't choose the right thing to get out of debt for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? There's no like, what's the best for our citizens? What's okay? Actually, you don't qualify for that because you don't actually but, maybe know what you want to do. With but your you know, life. but you, you know, I don't know what system talking like. education. Again, Talking education, uh-huh. <coughs> pardon me, I've got a bit of a tickle there. Talking education, uh-huh. it's very clear what the research would show is the best for any society. And we're not a good example of this either. And that's a free education. Free education, because an education an educated population is exponentially more profitable than an uneducated system. So what is actually the oh, best yeah. for... So so again, <laughs> not that I'm going to push back and say Bernie, yeah. but that's what the Democrats are pushing. Free education, free free uh, public colleges, that sort of thing. Again, you, the, some of the points you're making, and it sounds like what you're doing, tell me if you're right, there's a website that talks about the promises that have Trump has kept. Is that, is that kind of Trump some of the points? Yeah. Promises.com? Yeah. Um, it, it, it seems that he has kept many of those promises, but there's plenty of other sites that show the, you know, two or three times as many of those that he hasn't kept as well. Um, right. But... Okay. I, I think I think I the system. I think okay. I think the system. Again, it's funny because you're talking about money, 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 and debt, and I, I actually agree with you whole, wholeheartedly. But see, that comes back to corporate America again. So what uh-huh. I'm saying about the yeah. media being corporate, education being corporate, prisons being privatized and being corporate. You know, if there is a financial, if there is a financial interest for someone right. to get a degree, if there's a financial interest for someone else for me to get a degree, in other words they're a uh, corporate entity that earns money off me getting a degree, 
then they won't want right. as many people getting a degree as possible. If there's a corporate interest wanting that, that benefits from me being in prison, they're going to want as many people in right. prison as possible. If there's right. a corporate interest right. wanting your brother to get a, a CAT scan or whatever he got when he's just got the flu, right. then of course right. he's getting a CAT scan. What? One way you break that is to make it non-corporate, <laughs> and you make it. And when you make it non-corporate, all of those things are gone. If there's no financial benefit for me to get a CAT scan, why would I get a CAT scan? If there's no financial benefit for me to be in prison, then uh, I would have as few people in prison, the people who need to be there, as opposed to as many as possible. Same can be said for education. If there's no financial interest in me having that person be educated. Well, I guess I'm saying there is a financial interest, but it's a positive to the community rather than a positive to me. Then the community will want as many people educated rather than, you know, that board or that corporation or that whatever. And and again, it doesn't seem to be a left-right thing. It doesn't seem to be a Trump-Biden thing. It seems to be a corporate thing. And one of the things I think, if you can look at my blog or my Facebook page, it says this, when they elected Biden over Sanders, I went Trump's won. He's won. Now, I don't think Trump's going to win now because of his um, handling primarily of COVID, but also um, the George Floyd situation, which I think is, is, is he's, he's preferred poorly on. Just my opinion. You probably disagree. That's fine. Um, but I think he's unlikely to be elected now. Um, but again, Biden is going to just continue on with the corporate aspect. And so in America, when I see left and the right fighting, fighting, disagreeing, whatever you want to say, right. actually right. corporation up the top always support it. Why do you think the health groups give um, donations to both Trump and to Biden? Why do you think the, you know, all the groups, they don't just support Trump or Biden, they support Trump and Biden because they want right. their corporate um, investments and stuff to go on. That's why they all wouldn't support Bernie Sanders. And that's why Obama on some on some level was such a disappointment to so many people because he came in under hope and change, but he kept the corporate side of it there and nothing changed. Nothing in the stock market changed. Nothing in the, you know, um, the way lobbyists changed. And I know Trump's done some work on that. All these things stayed the same and it comes back primarily to money first, left, right, second. In my opinion, from, from an observer uh -huh. from the outside. Right. Well, I like that we have um, the ability in America to have competition, to have capitalism, to build your own companies, not have to go through the government. And, you know, you see communist countries take control of, like Cuba, you know, my grandma was saying, I had a long interview with her recently um, about, you know, how what happened in Cuba and how, like, the government, they dictator, they take over all the jobs, now you work for them, or they don't manage it the right way, you know, and then you see what has happened to Cuba now and it's falling apart and there's poverty and you know and so um, yeah but but look let me sorry, yeah. sorry sorry to interject again but let me just say it doesn't have to be america or cuba it could be right, america yeah, it could there be a, it could be america or australia or america or new zealand right you know you don't yeah. have to you don't have to go well, this is us would you say it's more socialist country What's, or is it called actually socialist what new zealand what, would your, what's your country what is your country's um what is the system it we're democratic we're a democratic country. Okay. One person, okay, one vote. Okay, so just has a socialist healthcare system, basically. Is that right? It depends or what no? you. It depends what you think is socialist. I guess the thing about the word right. socialist, especially in America, has such a negative connotation. I mean, we uh -huh. have a, a public healthcare. We have okay. I'll put it this way: we have a socialist healthcare system, like you have a socialist police force, or you have a okay. socialist military, or you Supported have a, by or, or you have a socialist fire department or a socialist library. That's the same okay. as our socialist healthcare because it's paid for by taxes. So the word socialism, I don't think, is an accurate depiction of it. 
because especially with the connotations that brings to it and people start bringing up various dictators and stuff of the past when they use that word. But the way you uh-huh. have the way you have a socialist police force, we have a socialist healthcare system. Does that make sense? I see. Uh huh. Yeah. Or, or the way or the way the UK has the NHS, the National Health Service, we have our system here. We have a country that's got two major parties, a left party and a right party. We have, um, I think, three other parties in our government, one that sits further to the left, one that sits uh, in the centre, and one that sits further to the right. So we have a far-right party, which is very, well, yeah, which is only one person. We have a right party, which is the biggest party at the moment. We have a centrist party. Uh We have a left party, and we have a further left party. Not that they're far, far left, but they're further left. And at the moment, our government is made up of the further left, left, Uh and centrist. That makes our government right now. So our Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, is part of the Labour Party, which is the left party. And uh, New Zealand en masse are thanking the good Lord every day that she is our our Prime Minister because we get to do things like go to our rugby games with 40,000 people because of how she primarily, using experts, you know, giving her advice as a a left-wing politician, uh, handled the COVID situation. So when we talk about COVID, no. we're actually a country to <clears throat> to look to and ask about because at the moment, and I'm never going to do what a DeSanto did in Florida. I think it was an idiot for saying four weeks ago, we're doing great because look at them now. Um, I'll never say it's no. a done deal. But at the moment, there's no masks. There's no social distancing. People are hugging. People are holding hands. There's no queues. There's no nothing other than when you come to the border and then you're in isolation for two weeks. Then after two weeks, you get to join the community. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. That's work. Well, it's, it wasn't difficult. We we know what we did. We just followed the guidelines of the the WHO and the medical experts in New Zealand, and that's what we and did. We had a five, I think we had a five week shutdown in America as well. Uh, we have a lot of people. Of course, we had essential businesses still going on. Yep. Grocery stores. You guys had everything down. We had a, everyone just could, essential do- essential services were open, and essential services were. Uh, so supermarkets, supermarkets, which I guess you call your grocery stores, your supermarkets, right, supermarkets right, were supermarkets, open, yeah. but we had very tight restrictions around them. Only one person at a time, uh, like you, you had to have, uh, you know, wash your hands going in. You, uh-huh. you didn't have to wear a mask, but there was social distancing. Our queues were all two meters apart. Yeah. Um, that that sort of thing. But but social distancing and the limited things in five weeks of uh, five weeks. I think it was. Is it longer? Five weeks of the whole country basically shutting down minus essential businesses. Well, but America didn't do that. The whole country didn't shut down. Some states shut down, like California shut down, Massachusetts and New York shut down, but the whole country did. In fact, I just t- talked about dissenters in Florida. He, they didn't shut down. They, they they pulled back and they started social distancing, but they didn't actually Florida. shut down. And then they opened up before the the actual, um, you know, the crisis was finished. They They opened up. So if you have a look at most countries, I've shut down the thing, but most countries have mm-hmm. a curve. They go they go up, and then it flattens, then it comes down. And so that's what uh-huh. most countries have done. America has gone up, it started to flatten, and then it's kept on going up like this. So it never got into a state of the daily daily uh, totals ticking down. Um, and possibly because America is so large, it couldn't. It should have been state by state. But now you're seeing, and you said you didn't really know where. I can tell you it's the south, the southeastern part of America, you know, down through Florida, down through mm-hmm. the south, through Texas, are all the places that are the hotspots. And they're the hotspots in the world. Yeah. If Florida was a country, yeah. it would probably be the worst country in the world for uh, you know a hotspot for coronavirus right now. And the, the, the governor there is still refusing to enforce things like masks and social distancing and that kind of stuff. He's saying people will 
people will do the right thing. And this is one of the the interesting things about America. You know, when you've got a when you've got a um like a like an attribute, like let's say you're a, you're a little bit um you're a perfectionist, right? That attri- uh-huh. that attribute can be a real gift at times because you do things well and you get them right. But it can also be a real uh, a real negative. You spend too much time doing something. You 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 work something too hard. You guys as musicians probably know, you know, if you spend another two weeks on a song, you might only make it two percent better. You know what I mean? Absolutely. In America, you have this thing about being free, my freedoms, and you know, don't 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 tread on me in Texas and all this kind of thing. And it's like that's a great attitude. But then, when the government, or let's not say the government, let's say um, agencies concerned for your health, say this is what you need to do, you go, don't tell me what to do. I'm an American. I'm free. I'll do what I want. And I think your your, your positives there, at the moment, in my opinion. This sounds really uh-huh. arrogant, but in my opinion, are one of the things that's really a, a negative at the moment, and it's not helping. And can I say this? And I don't say this as a sort of prophetic word or anything. I say this in absolute desperation: is you haven't seen the worst of it, yes, mate. It's going to get worse for COVID in America. It's going to get worse, and no matter what you think about what the news, here, here's a, here's something: if you think the American news media is 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 biased and is treating you wrong, go to international news sources. Go to places like the BBC, which is a government agency that doesn't have a left or a right. Go to places like TVNZ. Go to places that aren't based in America to get some of your information about what's happening in America. I have this philosophy that um, I, I think about, and I use the term rugby. Do you guys know the sport rugby? Rugby, anyway. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a, kind of like a football, but different. Yeah, yeah you hold the yeah, ball. Yeah. And you I, I use this analogy a lot, and we're going to have to shoot because I've got an airport run to do, but let me, let me leave yeah. you with this, and then you guys can leave me with something, yeah? Um, I, I think about your life being a rugby field. So it's our national sport. Love it to bits. Um, and there's a thing in rugby called a scrum where 16 people come together in a big pile of people trying to fight for the rugby ball. Out behind them, they have the backs. So it's like, you know, in American football, there's the there's the line at the front and then there's the tight ends and there's the receivers out wide and the quarterback. So they're like the scrums, like the guys at the front. And they've got their heads down and they're looking at each other and they're ready to crash into each other. And now behind right. them, out behind them are the backs. Now, even though that line of players are on the field, and their field's an analogy for my life, right? Even though they're literally on the field, they can't necessarily see the whole field because they're down in the scrum or they're down in that line of scrimmage. Whereas someone right. sitting in the stands, someone in the actual outside off the field, they can look down on the field and go, I can see everything. I can see that that winger or in American football that that wide receiver is open. I can see that there's an easy... So sometimes getting an outside perspective from someone in the stands is actually a really healthy thing because they're not on your field of life. They're in the background and they right. can see what's going on clearer than you. I talk about that for account, for counselling. You know, um, for people mm-hmm. who go to counselling, it's a really good idea to have that input put into you. And I just... And I'm not saying me here. Please don't get me twisted. Uh, I'm saying in general, I, I wonder if some Americans took a step back, visited some international sources for news. It would be like mm-hmm. getting a perspective mm-hmm. from the outside looking in, and it might bring a different perspective. That's all I'm suggesting. Oh, it's a great idea. And thank you for your opinion and your view as well. I really appreciate it. I love hearing uh, you know, your thoughts on things. I'm, one thing, I'm always open to new ideas. I'm always open for, I'm always looking for what is the best way to do things. Mm-hmm. I'm not stuck on what, you know, what I've, what I've come to the conclusion of or what I've studied. I'm like, I'm literally learning all the time. And so I want what's best for America. 
I want our politicians, I want our leaders to care for America and to put the people first, you know, and I think there's a way to do it, you know, so I'm very hopeful, you know, and I'm praying. We pray and fast every Thursday for our country, you know, or asking the Lord to intervene, you know, and I, I believe that a lot of things are coming out, a lot of hypocrisy, a lot of hidden agendas, a lot of underground operations that have been uh, things that people have known about for a long time, but just thought were un, um, unturnoverable kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, and we're seeing a lot of things in America uh, being exposed and a lot of the money trails that have been corruption and things. It's just like, wow, I, I do believe that God is answering the prayers of many Christians um, and many people that have been seeking him, you know, around the world. Other people in America, other people than just, just even Americans are praying for America. People around the world are praying for America. And so we put our hope in Christ um, and we're believing, you know, that he's going to do something uh, great for our country and that it's going to get continually better and improving. Um, and we're going to have more people that don't have the best in the heart for America out and more people that have the best for America. And uh, what so. do you think is going to happen at this year's election, in your opinion, or in your opinion or in your philosophy or in your theology? What's going to happen at the election this year, in your opinion? I think Trump's going to take it. <laughs> we think he's going to landslide take it, but we'll see. There'll be a fight. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that uh, have a lot of opinions on both sides, of course. Um, but I do think he'll take it. I think a lot of people believe in him. And he's had a very, very building support base. There's a lot, a lot of people that it's called the silent majority. Yeah, people don't a lot like of people to be vocal thankful. about it because they will get canceled. We were but. kind of, uh, you know, we were ta we we came up with our song at a time when it wasn't very popular to be excited about Trump, mm -hmm. you know. But increasingly since we put out the song, I'm not saying it's because of our song or anything, but as things have turned and as much more corruption has over been seen, and a lot of people have, that looked good. Uh, a lot of things, scandals have been coming out. Um, a lot of Trump support is rising in America. Do and you, people like, even liberals, liberals that were like not against, that were against Trump were like, hey, well, look at, like, I'm not saying I'm a Trumper, but like, look, this is so hypocritical on the other side. You know, go ahead. Do you think that God, uh, that Trump is God's choice? I do believe yes. God. Trump has prophesied to be our president uh, years two before. Terms. <laughs> two terms of the impeachment was prophesied. I do believe in God. I do believe he tells, the Bible says he does nothing without telling his prophets, you know? And so this guy named Kim Clement and I'll he prophesied Trump uh, to be a president. And years ago he died, he died, he died uh, right after president Trump was elected actually. So he got to see the fulfillment of his prophecy, but this was like, I don't know, was it seven years. I'm not really sure how before Trump even ran, I mean, ever thought Trump would I run, you know? And so I do believe that it's the grace of God to have Trump. I think he's stopping a lot of things. I think he's stopping a lot of globalist agendas right. and the media it, it hates his guts because <laughs> I think he goes after the right stuff. A lot yeah. of the, he's going after he's issues getting, that are real. <laughs> So, and he's not afraid. He's seventy-something years old, and he's just like, news, I'm going to do this for my fake, country. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> hey, last question. I do have to go. So, if if Trump is God's choice, as you guys believe, what does that mean if he loses? <laughs> I think it means people didn't do their part, and people just gave it away. It's the thing is, God wants a lot of things in this earth. You know what I mean? And I believe right. he will get in. He did get in the first time. If he doesn't. <laughs> My little Trump if he doesn't I'll, we'll be very sad and we'll know that a lot of people that were supposed to do something didn't and you know God's will for the whole world to be saved the whole world is not saved right. you know but I do believe he's going to make it in so and, it won't so that um, means it, it won't be Trump's it fault it won't be Trump's fault and it won't be God's fault it'll be the voters fault and definitely we always have a part in what God's doing in this world God has given 
uh, a stewardship yeah. of this planet, stewardship of our life. God is not, God right. gives us free The reason will. evil's in this world because he, he gave us a choice to choose it and we did choose it. So we we have, now we yeah. have to pay the consequences for it. So I think God, I, I believe that the church is standing up. I believe a lot of conservatives, even, even ex-liberals that are like leaving this, a lot of people leaving the, leaving the, uh, Democratic you know, Democratic Party, party this, away. Is, this is not my party anymore, this has gone way, but they're saying, you know, the deep state has taken over yeah. the Democratic Party. That was Candace Owens, she was You know, liberal. Candace Owens amazing, but um, so there's so many amazing uh, people out there, you know, that are just like, whoa. They're waking up. <laughs> they're waking up, you know, to, um, but, you A know. different kind of woke. <laughs> yeah. We could so, have, um, um, yes. we, we could have. I, I'd, be I, I'd be surprised if he didn't get in, but I, I think it'll be a serious fight. Yeah. We could have talked for another two hours, trust me, and especially you just picked up on Deep State and Candace Owens, but I, I, it's time to wrap up. Maybe, I don't know, if you feel if you feel up to it, um, Haley and Camille, if you if you get off the Zoom call and you don't go, why the crap did we do that for? If you feel like it again, maybe we can chat again or with both of you, with one of you closer to, closer to the election and we'll see what happens. Hey, that would be awesome, actually. <laughs> you, uh, you are very yeah, great. Good. I really appreciate your, you know, uh, mental sharpening. Yes, <laughs> so you yeah. brought up a lot of things we haven't, uh, you know, talked with anyone about as far as on interviews. So I appreciate well, look, all your I, questions. As I say, I love talking to people. I love when my, 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 my biggest desire in life is learning why people believe what they believe. And um, yeah. I think I've come to more of an, I really do appreciate and, and to, when you basically just said straight out, you said some of the things that I think most people don't normally say that, that they're not supposed to say, which is, you know, we just want all the leaders to be Christians. And I think that's the vibe because <laughs> once you do that, you kind of go, well, okay, that now lines up. You know, it's like if someone can say something that makes logical sense as to why they get to their conclusion, you kind of go, okay, even if we disagree, I can see why you'd think that. But normally people don't admit to that kind of thing. So I really appreciate it. And look, it was, it was, I had, I had fun. I had fun chatting with you. And, um, you know, that song's still stuck in my head. And, um, you know what? We've got another Trump song we just wrote. So uh, we might need to. Amazing. (laughs) I'm so looking forward to it. (laughs) All right, mate. Hey, listen, if people want to find you, what's your website? TheSisterDuo.com, TheSisterDuo.com, anywhere, Camille and Haley. Camille and Haley, thanks for joining us. We'll have better lighting next time. Oh, it was fantastic. (laughs) It was just perfect. We'll catch you next time. Okay, we appreciate you. God bless. All right, team, uh, that's us done and dusted. Look, I, you know, I, I, I had messages when I advertised Haley and Camille coming out. People kind of going, why are you getting these people on? What are they going to add to the conversation? And for me, you know, uh, communication and I guess part of the human condition is learning to understand what people believe and how they believe it and where they go with it. And uh, that was it was enlightening. It was eye-opening to me, especially the concept. And finally, people say things that you've always thought, like like these conservative Christian groups just want Christians running the country. And what was she kind of think? Well, of course. Um, that's just basically a Christian version of Saudi Arabia. I wrote a piece on my blog, and probably if you looked up the word Yaria, as in, um, sure, it was not right, I'd probably say Yaria, because I basically wrote a piece quite a long time ago about some uh, American conservative politicians who were making decisions in government based on their Christian faith. Well, I put air quotes around that, um, as opposed to the law of the land. And so I wrote a piece on my blog, and I coined it um, Yaria law, like Yaria law, like, you know, there's Sharia law. Well, this is basically the equivalent of Sharia law, but for Christians. And the idea of the Yaria was the Yah was the Yahweh. So it was like Yahweh being a, for those who don't know, a, a, a name for Jesus. 
uh, a Yaria is a Yahweh type of Sharia law. So a a a law based in the Christian um, religion and then applied to society. And I think so often these are, um, this is the truth. This is what people want. They want, in America, conservative Christians want Christians running the country. Yet they have a separation of church and state, which is why, as you heard in that podcast, when Haley and Camille were saying, you know, oh, President Trump's great because he surrounds himself with Christians and they pray for him. So does every president, was my response, as you would have heard, so I don't need to say it again. And that's not a difference from Trump. Um, yeah, it was fascinating. If you want to look that up, I'm sure if you just actually, if you probably just look up Yaria law, it's probably, how did I even spell it? Probably Y A R H I A, Yaria, Yah, W H. I don't know. I can't remember. The word didn't exist before I wrote the blog post, so I was the first in the world to use it. So you can probably find it if you look up Yaria law. Um, yeah, I don't think Yaria law or Sharia law is necessarily a good thing. I think good civil law for a country because you can't base a country on religious laws when a massive proportion of that country don't adhere to that religion. It just doesn't work. This has been the Department of Conversation for today, brought to you uh, by Stratus, the most affordable alternative to smoking. Find out more about them at vaporium.nz. Um, it's a bit of an American cycle at the moment, actually. We've got several people booked in to come up in the future. I actually had a call, on oh, a call, sorry. I had a couple of emails with AJ Hackett in the last couple of weeks. AJ Hackett has said he'll come on and do a podcast in the not-too-distant future. John Hawksby has been lined up to do one in the not-too-distant future. Rob Fife, former CEO of Air New Zealand. But um, next, and I'll say next because as, as the time I'm recording this, it's only a about 15 hours away from now, so you probably won't hear this between the two. But next, we've got American uh, political commentator and host of the Majority Report, Sam Cedar. Uh, he's coming up next. If you do get this in time, it's actually Tuesday morning, 21st of July at 9 a.m., live streaming. And then next week, David Pakman. David Pakman is akin to Sam Cedar, uh, a political commentator based on the internet, the David Pakman Show. He's going to be coming up Thursday the 30th, I think it is, off the top of my head. Uh, live streaming at 9am as well, and some other um, podcasts thrown in between and around those guys as well. Hey, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got something out of that. If you didn't, then at least you can have a smile on your face and you can feel comfortable that you know that I did. <laughs> Find out more about us at facebook.com forward slash docnz or head to our website www.thedoc.nz. Thank you, my friends. Until we see you next time, hooroo. Hooroo.